Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu/podcast What's up fungal associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and as always I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Casey Clapp. Good day, everyone, Alex. It is a pleasure to be sitting next to you again. Uh, the pleasure's all mine, Casey. You know, before this, we well, we had lunch. We did. But before lunch, we recorded another podcast on or like a somebody else's podcast. Yes. Which is always a delight. So if you want us on your podcast, just email us because we'd love to do it. Yeah, we love talking with other people. It's a, it's a nice break from, you know, talking about trees and yeah, other related topics. <laughs> it's the fun of podcasting without all the work. Yeah, we like talking with people. Yeah. yeah. And you know, often we talk about, we're asked the same kind of kinds of questions. So we have to come up with new different answers. <laughs> yeah. How'd you guys get into podcasting? Well, there's a comet. Mm. It's flying through the sky and it said, you know, like those planes that write things in smoke. Yeah. It was like that, but it was a comet. It said, talk about trees. I was kind of imagining the red comet from Game of Thrones. Oh, really? Yeah. Where, like you thought it was to start a podcast about trees, and I thought it was to, you know, uh, get, a get a new get a new desk or something. Get a new desk, which you do have a new desk. Yeah, that does actually work out. I guess it's not new anymore. You've had it for a while. I've had it for a while. It's a standing desk. I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a, also a, a, a more classic wooden desk, West Elm, that I got used for a steel. Uh, in my in my other little room here. Yeah, that's true. You do have at least there two, three, four, four desks. I have two desks. I guess these are oh, those are in tables, Alex. Yeah, Casey. Well, come on. Is that really what we're uh, going to argue about uh, here? You've got three. You've got three frying pans. Oh, what? This is a stock hey. pot. I mean, I've fried things in stockpots. Okay, you can fry in a stockpot, but you know what I'm saying. I guess I do know what you're saying, but I don't like your pedanticness here. <laughs> My pedanticism. Fine. Pedanticism. It's pronounced pedanticism. Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> All right. Hey, everyone. <sighs> Welcome to the show. We're not fighting. Um, this is Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about... Trees Mom, and other related topics. Mommy and daddy are just having a heated discussion. Okay. <laughs> it was like a fake heated discussion that turned a little real. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. All it's right. it's hard yeah. to draw see where there's it's a gray area. Yeah, know? where is it? Where is where where did it go from real to fake? Yeah. Yeah. Ask yourself that question, everyone. Or rather, I guess fake to real in this case. Right. Ask yourself that the next time you have an argument. 
Is this a fake argument or is this real? Because sometimes hmm, one can become another. Exactly. And it mirages. It's like a, it's like a cuttlefish changes color. Wow. I like cuttlefish. <laughs> Alex, that leads me to believe you don't know what a cuttlefish is. <laughs> I know what a cuttlefish okay, is. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> it's, an, it's an exciting new app that lets you schedule a... Yeah, it may change colors of other things. Doesn't it sound like an app, like cuttlefish? Yeah, it really does, yeah. But it's yeah. spelled like C-T-L-F-S-H. Uh, no vowels. Cuttlefish. Yeah. Uh, don't care. <laughs> hey, speaking of no vowels, we're here today to talk about a tur. And that tur is... The aptly named and beautifully named, I will say, yeah, Golden Rain Tree. That is right. Is it true that they originally went with Golden Shower Tree, but they had to remarket? Honestly, re-brand? I hope so. And I think about that every single time I say this. Yeah. Botanical name, scientific name? This one is Coluteria paniculata. Wow. Yes. Which is really fun. It's named after Joseph Gottlieb Kohlruter. Who is a German, was a German professor. I don't think we can get him on the show. Okay. Yeah. Is, is he since deceased? He is. Yeah. In fact, he's a he's an old one. Uh, 1733 to 1806. I do think we should hold a seance to speak to all these people. It would be really nice. Yeah. yeah if we just had, light some candles, ask if David would comment. Yeah. Yeah. It's like immediately apparent that they're all wildly racist. Yeah. Oh, God. We're <laughs> like, oh, uh, turn the Ouija more off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> David's going on another rant about the locals. That is it. And Paniculon is referring to the flowers there in panicles but ah. we shouldn't we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves well no we shouldn't before we jump into this tree i'm very excited to talk about this one casey i also am excited to talk about it because it plays in my opinion a special role which other trees do but this one as of course we we note all the time mm. plays a special role hmm. how special yeah it's up to you interesting i hope it's more special than a dinner roll Although I do love a dinner roll. Yeah, it depends on the kind of dinner roll. Like, have you ever had? Um, I don't know, like the the dinner rolls that are already made. They're all they're all like smashed together. And you King's have to, like, Hawaiian. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I hate those. I'm sorry, Alex. He just he's gone. He we'll left. be right back with more completely arbitrary. Maybe, hopefully. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the golden rain tree. I've given Casey a good scolding about his distaste for Hawaiian, my, King Hawaiian my roll. My cheeks are burning because I got yelled at <laughs> so bad in that break. Nah, I don't give a shit. I like a dinner roll that is fresh made, that is not as uh, fluffy, I guess, as like white bread fluffy is. I want it to be fluffy, but more more like uh, more layered and flaky, more buttery. Like a biscuit? Yes. I That's, think I just want biscuits. Yeah. You don't want a dinner roll. I don't want a dinner roll. I don't I don't find them very palatable. They're fine, but it's like it's like um I don't know. It's like they're they're the most manila envelope of rolls. Sure. I mean like the dinner roll as a concept is like 
it's just like a bit of bread to eat. I, I think people put too much weight oh, on the dinner roll. You know, it's I like see. it's it's made to be had with other stuff or put butter on it to maybe like a little appetizer or something. Uh-huh. But it, it's obligatory. You have to have if you're going to have a big dinner, you got to have dinner rolls. Well, so Alex is a food person. Old fashioned, though. OK, yeah. Well, I'm curious then where, where you're at. Nowadays, uh, we live in Portland where very often any place that makes food, they're like, no, no, no. Nothing is just there to be there. We got to make it like a big part. It has to add something. It has to be a a unique good thing. So would you would you think that we should modernize the dinner roll and like make it not just the thing that is with the food that's the main thing, but a part of the whole thing? You know, like the drums aren't just the thing in the background. They're a part of the music as much as everything else. Like you can order them on an appetizer menu. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Or starter. Okay, yeah, there you go. That's a really good, that's a um, that's a good kind of, kind of bellwether to test that. Well, one of my favorite restaurants in Portland, Montalupo, yeah. has pull apart, pull apart sourdough bread as oh. a starter that they just serve with really good olive oil. Um. That's it. That's that's kind of what you're... Okay. Yeah. Get rid of the prepackaged bread, make it yourself, yeah. and make it a part of the meal. It's incredible bread, too. What were we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the golden rain tree. Colutaria pinnacolata. Colutaria pinnacolata. Do you like pinnacoladas <laughs> and getting caught in the golden rain? Oh, my uh, God. I did not even see that coming. <laughs> really, I was going to be like... Uh, Colutaria paniculata. It almost sounds like someone's asking, like, uh, can I get you a pina colada? Colutaria pina colada. No, I think I've had enough. <laughs> I think you've had enough. <laughs> um, Casey, let's imagine. I know this is a Chinese tree natively. Correct. So let's imagine that we are walking through a little grove in China, perhaps. We're among some ginkgos and some Don Redwoods. Oh, that's nice. And we come across some golden rain trees. Casey. Let's ID this tree. Let's do it. So this is a tree native to, as you said, Southeast Asia. And it is a tree that grows in the forest, kind of on the edge of the forest um, often. And it has, I think it's a, its native range is the kind of temperate to kind of subtropical temperate areas in Southeast China specifically. Okay. So it's not going to be growing up in the high mountains. It tends to not be in any place that's not... It's not kind of like a really nice cush forest, you know, like the the different habitats that it does embody are kind of particular, but it it doesn't really, it's, it's kind of a generalist species, but only in this like this one area. Interesting. Which is very curious. We'll find out more about this. Generalist in a specific area. Yes. Yeah, it yeah. seems like an oxymoron. It does. So I guess a, a generalist, you know, is one that grows almost anywhere, right? Yeah. But this one, it grows almost anywhere in this specific kind of Southeast Asian, Southeast China temperate area. Okay, I gotcha. Kind of down a little bit into Vietnam, into uh, allegedly natively, but perhaps not in... Uh, Korea down hmm. through that peninsula. Okay. When I just said, but perhaps not, I felt like I was doing an impression of Donald Trump. You know, yeah, he's like, it could be like this, but perhaps not. Perhaps not. <laughs> A lot of people are saying it's it's native to Korea. Yeah, but perhaps not. We don't know. Nobody knows. It's like you just literally said that people know. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, God. Ugh. Okay, Casey, let's talk about overall morphology because I'll be honest. I know I've seen this tree. I'm sure I've seen this tree in Portland. Yeah. But I cannot think about what the tree actually looks like at 
at large? This is a very, very good question. So, Alex, we'll start with the form. You're walking in, um, I'm going to start with a park because the tree is an upright, rounded tree overall. Mm -hmm. Um, If you see it in the forest, it doesn't grow in its normal, uh, I shouldn't say normal, that is its normal. You're not going to find it the same as you would find it in a park or along a street, for instance. So in its native habitat, it will be an upright tree, but not very tall. So it kind of grows up and grows out at the same time. It finds some space that it can take up, but it's not going to be one of those dominant kind of emergent trees that jumps out to the very tippy top of a hundred foot forest kind of thing. Okay. So it gets about 40 feet tall, um, maybe 50 or 60 in its native habitat where it's growing really well, having a good time. It's not bad. Not bad. Not a bad tree, but it really tends to stay around that 40-ish feet zone. Okay. It will grow with this nice big spreading habitat. It will grow with this nice big spreading habit, be very rounded of a crown. It really has this kind of shaggy top appearance with one single stem that kind of splits and breaks up into multiple other smaller stems very proportionally. And this is kind of the important thing. It's a tree that grows and doesn't get very big. Like 40 feet is not giant for a tree, right? Mm-hmm. However, it looks like a big tree. Because it's so wide? It's Well, it's just like a miniaturized version. You know, like you see a bonsai tree and it looks like a big tree, but it's right. small? Yeah. This is the same thing, but writ larger, I Interesting. guess. Yeah. So it just, it just has one of those appeals where you see it and you're like, okay, that's a mature tree. It looks big, but it's, it's not. It's not a big tree. It's like Napoleon. Yes, right? There's just it's certain like I, camera angles. I know you're a powerful <laughs> man, but... You're so small. Yeah, but I can't help but want to pat you on the head. <laughs> I just don't know why. And put your penis in a jar. <laughs> what? Alex, where did that even come from? Napoleon's penis is is famously on display at a penis museum. It's in a jar. What? Or it's in a it's in a little box or something. Is that true? Yeah. Where is this museum? I googled Napoleon's penis. Oh, well, is your safe search on? No way, man. Nice. <laughs> well, this is okay. I, I want to pivot to just telling you how funny this this Wikipedia page is. The, the page is titled Napoleon's Penis, and there is a section titled Characteristics. Characteristics. <laughs> With about a, a, a paragraph of, of text All right. that I refuse to read. All right. Yeah. There hey, you go. everyone, we'll link it in the show notes. Go ahead and just find that yourself. <laughs> All right, where were we? We were talking about the size of this tree. So That's it's, right. It's not a very big tree, but it has the appearance of a big tree. And I just find it to be extremely handsome. It's just a handsome tree. Yeah, it's a good looking tree. It's got, um, it, it's not very shade tolerant, so it will lose all of its lower branches. They, it doesn't stick and keep all of its kind of lower dead limbs or lower limbs that are kind of like small being shaded out. They all kind of die away. So it has a very uniform, clean branch architecture. Mm. And one thing that I think is really nice is that if you see it in the wintertime, it's got semi kind of fairly large twigs. So it has kind of this this miniature appearance. But in wintertime, the architecture of the whole thing is very, very like obvious. Interesting. And it just has this effect of being very proportional where it goes from being one big stem to two smaller stems to four smaller stems and so on and so forth Uh in a very, very uniform way. It's very, very, uh, very satisfying to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like it's like when you draw um, like a tree kind of thing. You follow an exact pattern, 
and then like it's it's like a, a fractal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It really has a, a very nice pleasing look to it. Interesting. In my opinion. I uh I like trees that are shade intolerant and ditch their lower branches. Yeah, right. Because I feel like it's it's like cleansing or something. It's like oh. it's like minimalism, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't need these. I don't need this. I don't I'm gonna get rid of them. It's gonna get rid of them. Everything's yeah. gonna be clean. It's a very it's a Marie Kondo tree kind of thing. Totally. One of my one of my least favorite aesthetics of a tree is like a hawthorn that's just like um, a big bunch of shit it's, it's like just all, a mess yeah and i think there's like a place for that i don't know but i it, but i look at that and i'm like Ugh, what do you come on clean yeah. up pin oaks when pin, we cover pin, pin oaks, oaks i want i want to discuss this okay in depth okay okay so the bark on these lovely stems is a sight to see i kind of think this is nice because it is a tree that has ridges where it seems like the ridges are getting pulled apart slowly from each other and they kind of cross over like very kind of uniform shapeliness to it. Hmm. But it appears to me sometimes, and this might just be my own like brain because I looked and I was like, I don't really see this, but for some reason my brain thinks I see this. It looks like there are ridges that are on top of ridges. So there's like a ridge that's on the outside that looks like it's getting ripped apart. And then in the space between those ridges that aren't very thick, they're not very deep, Mm -hmm. it looks like new ridges are forming. So it kind of looks like there's ridges on top of ridges. Like there's layers to it. Yeah, but I think it might just be an illusion that my eyes see because I looked at so many pictures and I'm like, not really. So why am I describing it this way? Why does it feel so right? Interesting. Yeah, what do you think? Are you looking at a picture? Yeah, I I look at them and I, I feel... Uh, I feel that they look like stretch marks almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of uniform in that way, but and they, but they also, um, yeah. You know, Casey, I actually, I don't get bark, man. I don't know what all bark looks the same to me. There, I said, Shh. except for like ponderosa pine oh or western red God. cedar. Like, I just cannot tell. You will, you will say the bark on this tree is beautiful, and I'll look it up, and it's like this gray bark, and I'm like, well, what the fuck is he seeing? I just don't see beauty in bark. I'm sorry. Well, first off, this is tannish brown bark. It's not gray, Alex. I wasn't talking about this time specifically, Casey. I just mean like right. in general. All right, that's fair. I I, I give up the ghost. I, 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 the, the ruse is over. That means to <laughs> die. The yes. ruse is over. I don't get bark. I'll need to I'll need to come up with a good a good descriptor for these so I can really elicit it better. I no no no. It's not you. I'm taking this personally. Not what? personally as this, as an insult, but personally as a challenge. Okay. Well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you should. I'm fine with, with my, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're fine with having like, yeah, I don't really care about seeing that. You know, like some people say like, uh, who aren't musicians, they'll be like, yeah, I don't really, when I listen to music, it's just like sound. Like I don't, I don't pick it apart or like really yeah. appreciate the fine. I just like listen to music. I see. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Okay, so like someone could hear a guitar and they're like, yeah, it sounds like a guitar. And you're like, but this guitar sounds so much different than that guitar. Right. Where everyone else is like, no, nah, that just sounds like a guitar. Right. All right. I see. That's I, fair. I just That's don't fair. appreciate it. All right. Well, I hope you can appreciate this when you see it in person again, because it'll stand out. Okay. But it is a subtle standout. So it, it would be, I think, I think a guitar tone is the, the best way to describe sure. it. Sure. If you don't know what you're looking at and you don't know what you're trying to pick out, it's going to look exactly the same, unless it's like so different. Sure. But if you're an appreciator, you will see the finer points. Precisely. Yeah. Yes. 
very like wine. I was going to say wine is a better example. Yes. All right. Perfect. Like you can drink wine and be like, this tastes like gross vinegar grape juice. Yeah. But I drink anything. So whatever. Exactly. But then somebody will be like, no, this has notes of vanilla and oak and uh, pop, pop, you, know, you can tell pop. it's French because of this. Yeah. All right. Well, sorry. All right. I, I stand. I, I think it's okay then. We're, I'm not going to take this on a, as, as a as a personal uh not vendetta, but a personal goal. That's fine. I'll let it. I'll let this be. Thank you. You're welcome. So the next thing you're going to see after your lovely uh, journey down the stems wow. to the end, hubba hubba, on the bark train, you're going to find the leaves. Now the leaves, Alex. I'm very excited to tell you about mm. because they are alternate, pinnately compound. Some of the time. The other some of the time, they are bipinately compound. Curious. I encourage everyone to look this up. You can take a look at... Um, the Oregon, Oregon State Landscape. State. Yes. I'm looking at it right now, Case. It's perfect. It's the, the website I go to most often. If it's a tree that grows in Oregon, they will usually have a profile. This is one of those cases. And it's always the, the very top um, link on our show notes. And... We have leaves that are pinnately compound most of the time, but each one of the individual leaflets looks a little bit like a hawthorn leaf or something. Yeah. They're kind of, you know, serrated, a little shaggy looking. Um, I think they look a lot like parsley, honestly. I was just thinking this, Casey. Excellent. We're on the same page. We're totally on the same page today. But then sometimes that parsley, as you go down that little parsley stem, the, the, the leaf blade kind of rips a bit apart. So all of a sudden it becomes another compound leaflet which makes it then bipinnately compound right so is this just pinnately compound with very deep lobes so deep that it becomes bipinnately compound yes that's exactly it all right and that is the case with any leaf the leaves just have such big deep lobes that they become pinnately or palmately compound oh i see okay yeah. but well that's the definition of bipinnately exactly that, okay. that is that is why whenever you see a leaf and someone says it's a compound leaf those are leaflets and someone says that's dumb why don't you just call them leaves it's because in a technical sense if you're looking at it and you just draw the lines as if there were no gaps in between mm-hmm. it would just be a lobed leaf right yeah so that's just one of those things that is on that spectrum of how how intense the leaf is lobed or cut or something like that and the petiole of of the leaflets yeah is just like the the vein like the main vein just that main vein exactly. of a leaf yes precisely okay that's a petiole yule Petiole yule. Yeah, yeah. If you add a U-L-E uh-huh. into the, the word, that makes it small. Interesting. Yeah, so crenulate means small crenations. Ah. Serulate, small serrations. Very cool. Yeah, there you go. Ah, interesting. So that's just like a mutation that happens sometimes? Or? You know, yeah, I think it's probably mutation would be the right word, but it's also just a variation. You okay. Know? So some of the leaves on the very same tree, usually if they're fast growing, they'll be more likely to be pinnate, bipinnately compound. If they're a little slower growing, then they'll be more likely to be pinnately compound. I gotcha. Yeah. Oh, sure. So I'm, I'm reminded of the sassafras. Yes. Which on the same tree, you can have three different variations of leaf shape. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. Same exact thing. Only okay. the difference being uh, sassafras. I cannot think of a rhyme or reason. Like it's not that they're going faster or slower. Some sure. leaves are just like, yeah, I have a thumb. 
Yeah, it's just the way it grows, yeah, man. Yeah, just the way it grows, man. Uh, well, like Casey, I, I'm just itching to get to the flowers. Well, before we do, I got to tell you fruit. one last thing about this leaf. Okay. When it comes out, Alex, it's this stunning copper red color. Mm. It's like when they're very, very first popping out in the spring. If you have this growing in northern climes, you might be able to see it right now. But it is spectacularly gorgeous red yeah so it like comes out and it looks like the whole tree is just like coppery red color that then fades to its normal green once the leaves start to mature a couple weeks or a week or so after they come out and that's because they they haven't like formed their um chlorophyll yet it's exactly right yeah it's just a different pigment in there and the actual chloroplasts have not been produced and made and start to actually shine well, I say shine, but really, I mean absorb all the colors except green. So other other leaves that other trees that produce leaves that are green right away, yeah, they just have their chloroplast built in. Yeah, usually they're just a little quicker at putting it together. Okay, yeah, interesting. But yes, no, no further ado, Alex. The flowers, they are you guessed it, golden in color. They're great, Case. They're so beautiful. They're like this, this like stunning yellow green when they first come out. But the yellow green is more just because there's you know leaves there, so you can kind of it looks like they're yellow green. But when you actually look at the flower itself, it is a strictly bright yellow, like bumblebee yellow kind of thing. I'm gonna say grass-fed butter yellow. Oh, that is such a perfect perfect description. It's like the yolk of an egg. Yeah. Ugh, well, I love it. A really good yolk will be like almost orange. Yeah, okay, that is very true. These are not quite that. Maybe this, this is an is oak a, of a factory farm egg. Yes, this is a factory farm egg. <laughs> yeah, or grass-fed butter. Right. So it is, um, and they're yellow, they're four-petaled, and this is a tree that is manish. It's just because, you know, all, all the same flowers are there. They are perfect flowers. And they are tiny little flowers, but in big clusters. And they have probably, I don't know, even maybe... 50 flowers on one panicle, which is basically a uh, a branched raceme of flowers. So it's like a spike that comes up, but then has other spikes of flowers that are coming off of it. Mm. And they're terminal, so they happen at the end of every twig that is growing out. So every single one will just be pop, 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 pop. The display looks like fireworks. Wow. It's as if you're walking around, this tree is actively portraying a fireworks display at the end of every single one of its branches. Beautiful. It's just stunning. I will say, you. I'm usually I feel like panicles are a little more um, organized looking. Ooh, yeah, okay. Like they have, or maybe I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of panicles. Um, like they look a little neater. Oh, yes. And yeah, these yeah, are yeah. like, these are very kind of, messy in a good way they're just like a yeah. big big cluster of, the, of things they're very spread out you know yeah yeah and i think that that is a uh an adaptation alex hmm. an adaptation to the fruit of these trees wow another common name that people might know this tree by is the chinese lantern tree yeah case okay. and that is because it makes these fruit that are about oh you know what would you call that it's about the size of a um, maybe like a dumpling or something like that. Maybe a um a ravioli, like a know? Russian dumpling, not yeah. like a not like a 
uh, not like a Chinese. Well, I guess dumpling is, is such a broad term. Yes, yeah, yeah. To, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it was one sort of thing. Right. Uh, well, you know, there's so many dumplings. I'll say they look like little chili peppers. They yeah, look like okay, little pepperoncinis. Yeah. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, perfect. But smaller. Yeah, and they grow. They have a. Um, they're three sided and they are very papery, and you can rip that paper open, and they has a. It, and you can rip that paper open and they have one to several little black seeds or they're very, very dark, almost black, very perfectly circular, um, so much so that they've actually been used as beads historically or for mm. rosaries, that kind of thing. Cool. And they will fade from a kind of greenish yellow in the early spring to a pinkish tan in the late fall. And I guess not early spring, in the early summertime once they really start to develop. Mm -hmm. And the effect on the tree is just stunning. Because the, the leaves, because they're so kind of cut and and compound, they have this kind of shaggy appearance. And then the all of these fruit are also kind of shaggy on top, but their color is like quintessentially fall or late summer. Yeah. You know, like the kind of straw colored. I just gets me every time. You have a fondness for this tree. I, I can just tell. love this tree. Casey, I have a question about these um, pods. Yeah. Would you call them pods? Um, yes, they are capsules. Yeah, so capsules. I think pod is for perfectly fair. The They look like three leaves sewn into like a, like a football. You know how football oh, is like yes. three like little pieces of material or whatever yeah. for sewn together on the sides? Yeah. Are they like are the are they modified leaves the the papery part of the fruit? You know, I actually don't believe so. They might be. You know, if you go back far enough, every bit of a flower is some kind of modified leaf. Sure. But the thing with these is that the as they develop, so the flowers don't have any other any bracts or anything around them it's just the flower and then as that fruit starts to develop those new green little capsule bits develop and grow themselves so i would say probably ultimately but i don't know what part of the exact anatomy that is but there are no leaves that are near the flower that then would kind of go into the fruit. True. So I don't know. Okay. It's a good question. They I just look like leaves. I they don't know. just look like leaves. Yeah. And that's probably because, you know, plants are like, well, I know exactly how to make this thing. So I'm just going to make that. It is curious to see a fruit with no flesh. I'm trying yes. to think of what else, what other like, what other mm. things we call fruit that have no like fleshy parts. Yeah. Well, Samara would be a good example. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then um, trying to think of other things. This is in the soapberry family. So the soapberry kind of has some things like this. It's in the soapberry family. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sapindaceae. Well, this just makes a whole lot of sense. Right? Because. I assume you're saying it makes a whole lot of sense, Alex, because it looks just like them. <laughs> well, I'm actually, I may be thinking of a different fruit. What a gooseberry, maybe I'm thinking of. Comes in a little papery shell. Oh, that yeah. That looks yeah. a lot like these little Chinese oh, lanterns. Um, you're thinking of, um, like, uh, it's a it's a ground cherry or something like that. It's like in, it's in the tomato family. Um, I a, am thinking of gooseberry. Gooseberry? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's another name for a ground cherry, but. Maybe. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I'm thinking of. Those are gooseberries. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Or sorry, gooseberries. Oh, uh, gooseberries. As yes. the Brits would say. Hey, they would. Of course they would. <laughs> Schnozberries. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what, the, that's what the Germans say. 
So that is, yeah, these are the, these are those, uh, those fruit. They're just, they're amazing. And they just, they really do look like Chinese lanterns. They're like, it's, it's a very apt name for an apt tree growing in Southern China. Yeah, I love it. Now, these trees will, they have for whatever reason, gotten a reputation through Buddhism and have been planted near different monasteries. In fact, apparently, um, officials in China and Korea where their tombs, and these would be important officials, they would plant this tree on their tombs to mark where their tombs are. Interesting. Is that the gold aspect? I don't know. Okay. It might be. It might be that these trees like just have this intense fireworks display and yeah. it made people, you know, really, you know, want the, or honor them and want them to honor their spaces and their ancestors. I'm not sure. Sure. There's, there's sort of like a statement, I guess. There is definitely a big statement, right? Yeah. They're just like these big, you know, pa. They're trees that are in your face saying, hey, what's up? We are just going for it. <laughs> I We're love here that. to stay. <laughs> it's exactly right. They're trees that are that are just they're 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 very flamboyant. Yeah, they're here. They're queer, and they're proud of it. Yeah, and, they're, and we're all proud of you too. And we mark the tomb of the king. That's the fourth thing. That's the fourth thing. Anyway, sorry. We're here. We're queer. And we mark the tomb of the king. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So. This is um, this is the golden rain tree, which I should note while we're saying this, it is golden rain tree. Right. These are three words. Um, well, that's what I'm trying to say. Otherwise, most places that I, I read call it the golden rain space tree. Golden rain one word. Yes. That makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they do that. That should not be. It is the case. Although, uh, in uh, the landscape plants, it's the golden rain tree. What in the world? Come on, y'all. <sighs> I, I say when in doubt, say. separate all the words. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to go, I'm going to separate also the uh, the E-N from the gold. So it's the gold in rain <laughs> tree. <laughs> For Spanish, it's in the rain tree. There's gold <laughs> in that rain tree. There's gold in that rain tree. Go find it. <laughs> and them hills. <laughs> so... In uh, in Portland, Alex, I wanted to take you. In fact, I think we might be going there here pretty soon because we're going to go down to Selwood, this lovely little um, neighborhood in Portland, because we're going to film a video to hype up our game night. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in fact, I think if you're listening to this episode, our game night is tomorrow. It's, tr- uh, it's, no, tonight. it's tonight. So if you're in Portland and you don't have plans tonight... You're listening to this on the Thursday. It comes out. Come to Game Night. Get your ticket at eventbrite.com. Search for Arbitrary Game Night or our website or our Instagram anywhere. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. So show up for that. We are going to go down there. And if you are there on our Game Night, you might be able to see these trees in bloom because I think they're about to get going. Yes, yes. They are. There's a whole row of them along a street next to Selwood Park. They're all fairly mature trees. Mm. They need a, a fairly reasonable size uh, planter strip, you know, maybe about five or six feet, just because they can get kind of a, a fluted-ish base. Hmm. And they only get, like I said, about 35, 40 feet tall, especially growing along our neighborhood streets. But they grow really wide and out. Casey. Alex, what 
are you thinking? I know the trees you're talking about. You do? I never realized those were golden rain trees. Oh yes. God. I'm thinking of Selwood Park and I know exactly the road that they're on. Yeah. It's ju- they're just it's such a stunning display. They're awesome. Along this entire place. Don't their canopies kind of overlap a little bit? They too? all do. Yeah. 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 It's very much like an LA effect in I some spaces. Love that. They're so lovely. And the thing that I wanted to talk about is that this tree, in my opinion, exemplifies the idea of right tree, right place. Interesting. I know a little bit about this. Yeah, we've talked about it every now and then. We've kind of, we've touched on it and said, well, it kind of means this. I think we even had a whole um, Patreon episode where we kind of dove into this. Yeah. So I wanted to cover this in a little bit more in depth so that we could kind of really dial it in, share it with everyone else. Um, the secondary reason is that we often get people asking us, hey, I, I need to plant a tree. You know, I live here and I want to plant a tree. What tree should I plant? And it's very difficult for me or for anyone in, in our enterprise to say, here's exactly the tree that you should plant. Yeah. And that, that comes back to right tree, right place. Exactly. Right time. Right objective. Yeah. There's all sorts of things that come into it, but they it all they, they boil it down to the you know those two things, right tree, right place. So it's it's hard to say, I live in Minnesota, what tree should I plant? Yes, like, exactly. Well, they give us some deeds. Yeah, we'll need the details, but unfortunately we just don't have the time to really dive into all those things. Yeah. Well also also, you know, you are not an on call. Uh, nursery yeah. uh, employee. Unfortunately not. Yeah. So. You know. Yeah, unfortunately. I think I would really enjoy that. You know, it would be great to have an on-call where there's like an emergency. Yeah. You know, it's like, quick, call the emergency nursery line. And I'll answer like, hi, this is Casey. What's your emergency? <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out what plant to plant here. I got this kind of soil. The sun is beating down on my house. The, it, the climate change is real. <laughs> And then I'll be like, stay calm. Everything's going to be just fine. What's your soil type? Do you have any power lines? I need you to go yeah. outside, ma'am, right now. Put your fingers in the air. What's the temperature? <laughs> Lick them first. <laughs> Is there any wind? You have the uh, you have the solar, the, the satellite image of yeah. their house pulled <laughs> exactly. up. Exactly. All right. I need you to go to the west side of the house. Typing furiously. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great job. I would totally do that job. Um, so this is, uh, this tree exemplifies it and I can hear people saying, oh my God, you guys are so wrong. Wait till the end of the episode. <clears throat> Sorry, are you okay, Alex? Yeah. Oh <laughs> so, um, the question of course is on everyone's mind right now is what do you mean by right tree, right place? Yeah. Alex, do you have any perspective? I mean... It's pretty, I think it's pretty surface level, but I'm sure I'll be proven wrong in the next hour and a half. (laughs) Um, I think it just means that, you know, for every, for every area that you want to plant a tree, there are a list of good choices. Yeah. And you have to, and we've talked about dichotomous keys. Yes. I love bringing this up. Mm -hmm. Love a dichotomous key. Say like, well, what's the? We love a dichotomous key. It just <laughs> everyone loves it every time we dichotomous key. We love it. We love the dichotomous key. There's no way he could pronounce dichotomous <laughs> key. Yeah, I love a dico key. A dico key. What? A lot of a lot of people calling it a D key. I'm not the only one. <laughs> um, so you got to say, well, what are okay? What's the shade situation, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, what's what's your uh, what's the climate like? What zone are you in? Mm-hmm. What um, what's your soil type? 
yes. what is the composition of the soil you know um how much room does this will this tree have to grow out how much room will it have to grow up what's the surrounding um what's this what are the what are the neighbors like like yeah. what kind of trees are around it hey, is your neighbor an asshole or uh, right. do you really like your neighbor is a juniper or like a douglas for rich with mycelium yeah right you know that that's so good i love that like adding that extra like cultural thing into it it's yeah. like do you like your neighbors or do you not like your neighbors <laughs> oh like a change yeah. change your entire perspective right right um, yeah, like what, and what purpose are you looking for this tree to serve? Yes, do you just want to plant yeah. a tree to have a tree? That's fine. Or do you want to plant a tree to, you know, be a shade tree in 50 years yeah. or, um, so answering all these questions can help narrow down a, a cast of characters that will be the right tree for the right situation. This that's perfect. I couldn't I couldn't have had a better description. It's time for a completely arbitrary Q and A. All right. Thanks everyone. This is a lot of fun. No, we're not actually doing a Q&A. Not yet, not yet, not yet. <clears throat> so this is 100% the, 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 the thing for that. Like you named so many perfect examples where essentially right tree boils down to the right tree, right place. Right. Boils down to choosing the tree that fits the conditions and the limitations of the space that you're trying to plant a tree in. And you also want to make sure that that tree will thrive going forward and reduce the number of infrastructure conflicts that could happen. Mm. So this is um, there's no exact formula. You can look this up and you can find a thousand different places saying, you know, how to figure out what the right tree is for your right space. But there are some big things that you can kind of look for and think about. And the first thing that you want to do is, like you said, look at the ground. Because the ground is the, the kind of number one thing that you need to think about. I make this joke all the time that you can cut the top of a tree off, which is the part that most people consider the tree, and it will come back. But if you cut the bottom of a tree off, right. it will not come back. Yeah. So if you just have that top bit and you plant it, dead tree. So the most important thing for a tree is, is the ground. It's what's going on. Sure. I know, this, have you ever thought about cutting the bottom off of a tree? No, but yeah. I, want, I want to try now. Yeah, you should try. That'd be, that'd be fun. What the fuck? It's not growing back. This is ridiculous. You might be a willow would grow up, would grow back, I think. True. Yeah. They, they got new roots, new shoots, yeah, baby. Be fine. Um, okay, so the ground. So you want to like look at like you know, how, how, uh, I guess the, what I, the word composition of the ground. Yeah. Like, is it clay? Is it lots of, is it really stony? Is it lots sandy? Of sandy. Is salt it, in it? Right. Yeah. What's the, what's the composition? Yeah. Is it super compacted? Is there lots of space? Is there mulch, you know, growing? Like what, what kind of soil are you dealing with? Sure. Is it going to be a very cush garden environment? Is it going to be the planter strip that has, you know, filled with gravel and very compacted clay soil? Could you add to that? Is it on a slope? Is it flat? Yes. Is it next to water? Is it right. saturated with uh, with with moisture most of the time, or is it dry most of the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. Or is there a mixture of that over the year? It makes sense because the tree's contact point with the earth is the ground. It's where that it's it gets in. literally everything but the sunlight, right? Yeah, yeah. So that is the first place to start. You also need to think about the scale and the the, the size of your ground. Mm. So if you have a planter strip that is three feet wide and only 10 feet long, that is a tiny amount of space. Now, you can always have the roots grow down under the sidewalk, kind of under the road sometimes. 
But that is really, you know, kind of a tough place for a tree. It's very unforgiving. Sort of a gamble in terms of like, will this tree tear up the sidewalk? Yeah, exactly. But that goes to it because that would not be the right tree for that place. You should send this episode to the people who planted sweet gum all over (laughs) Portland. Yes, yeah, yeah. They didn't have any idea. They just were like, this is the right tree. And they didn't think about the place at all. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. And this is the kind of thing that came from that when they found those kind of infrastructure conflicts. Okay, interesting. They were like, okay, how do we avoid this? And like, well, this just isn't the right tree for this space. So they have to think of a a better option. I got you. So that's the first bit. How much space do you have underground? Is this planted, you know, in a tiny little courtyard with, you know, maybe 10 cubic feet of soil? That's not enough for a big tree. You got to have a little tree Mm. there. If, is this a giant open lawn on like big campus where there's just infinite room in every direction? You can plant a giant tree there. If the tree cannot put on a lot of roots and grow out, then it can't make a big healthy canopy. Right. At some point it's going to get cut short. So first thing, what does the underground uh, limitations, what are those criteria? Then look above ground. If you have some piece of infrastructure that this tree is going to grow into, that is either A, going to be something that you need to do maintenance on consistently to keep that tree away from it. The first thing I think about is power lines. Of course, yeah. What power else line, is there? I, I, I don't... Well, there's a there's buildings, you know. If you want shade or light coming into, a, let's say, a solar panel, you don't want to plant a giant tree that's going to shade out those solar panels. I was thinking above, as in directly above, and the power line was the only thing I could think of. Ah, well, you also have to think of maybe shade, or if you have a bunch of other trees that are around, so it's a very shady spot. Sure. There's maybe plenty of room for your tree to grow up, but you need a shade-tolerant tree ah. that will take those conditions. Oh, sure. Yeah, you got to think about the, tr- the track of the sun and and how much sun this thing is going to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, the above ground space is really important, but also if you are planting it in front of your house and you have a view that you really like and you want to maintain, that doesn't mean you can't have a tree. You just need to know how big that tree is going to get so that it doesn't have that negative impact on whatever it is that's above your, or the, the height that that tree would get. Sure. So those are like the two, the two big kind of things, above ground space and uh, limitations and below ground criteria. What are, what, are, what are you working with? Because there are thousands of different trees that you could plant ostensibly in some spot, mm-hmm. but you cannot choose a thousand different spots. You have one spot. I want a tree right here. Interesting. Does the that make place sense? is more important than... The tree? Yeah, because those are... trying to say? Yeah, they're kind of immutable options. Yeah. You you can certainly... I mean, you could go and dig out your entire front yard, change the entire soil type, do a thousand different things to it, completely artificialize the entire situation, plant a different kind of tree that just really likes those conditions. Yes, you could do that. But that seems pretty impractical, right? Yeah. So really, if you have conditions on the ground... Those are what you're dealing with. I got you. So you can then plant a tree that has all these different criteria that come along with that tree, that that tree will either do well or do poorly or any kind of difference on that spectrum. 
And that is the right tree section of this. Hmm. So if you are, the way I think about it, um, I think actually you brought this up and it gave the term for what I was thinking, which is the game Guess Who. Yes. <laughs> Alex, quickly explain to us how to play that game. Okay, well, you and your opponent each have a board full of little faces of yeah. people. They all look different. They have different skin colors, facial hair, hair color, eye color. Glasses, you know, things like that. Yeah, accessories. And you and you draw a card, and that card has a face on it that corresponds to one of the faces on your board. You are trying to guess the card, the face that your opponent drew. Yes. By asking uh, questions that eliminate possibilities. So you yeah. say, is your character wearing glasses? They say, no. You knock down all those ones that have glasses on your board. Exactly. So that you're you're left with a with a cast of characters that fill the criteria of the questions you're asking. Yeah. And eventually you say, oh, it's Lucy. I yeah. Go, yeah. 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 Of course, it's Lucy. Yeah. It's the so same it exact thing for trees. You're trying to find that Lucy tree, right? Yeah. So if you are a... Uh, if you are trying to choose a place, those cast of characters that you have on your board, those are criteria that you have on your site. So you say, do I have a small, medium, or large amount of underground space? Do I have a large, medium, or small amount of overground space? I might tweak your metaphor here yeah? and say that the faces on the board are actually tree options. Oh, not yes. Not criteria. Okay, yes, correct. And the questions you ask are the criteria. Yes, okay, that is correct. You you have the, you have the right of it, Alex. I agree. Sorry. Casey regrets his error. <laughs> I just want to be, you know, consistent. I think it's fair. I think it's a good choice. So that is that is the exact thing. So you say, okay, I have all these trees in front of me. Some of these trees take really good drought conditions. Some trees are really tall. Some trees take conditions that are very, very, um, uh, let's say, saturated with water. You know, all these different things that any individual tree can do. Some are very tall. Some are very short. Some have flowers. Some have great fall color. Some have fruit that you can eat. Some have fruit that you just have to clean up. Some have flowers that smell like semen. There's all these different criteria. You have to ask yourself, what are the criteria that I'm working with and what are the criteria that I want? I'm glad you said this, Casey, because yeah. I think that's a big part of it. It it's totally like, is. What do you what do you emotionally want out of this tree? Yes. Or like mentally, you know, right? Like it, it doesn't have to just be what tree would grow here perfectly. It's like, well, what do you, what do you, what kind of tree do you want? Yes. And now I think it should work in that order. Right tree, right place, or rather right place, right tree, right objective is what I use. Okay. And so that would say, first off, whatever tree you want, you can have, you, you can have almost any tree, but if that tree does not do well in your conditions, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're yep. going to hate it. It's not going to grow and you're going to be sad. Yeah. So Choose, look at the conditions, then choose the trees, the, the palette that you'll be choosing from that will fit those conditions. Right. Then, once you have your trees, then you say, okay, what do I want? Do I want yellow flowers or pink flowers? Do I want a big tree or do I want a little tree? Do I want a tree that is going to um, do this particular thing at this time of year? Or do I want a tree that's going to be evergreen the whole year round? Right. These kinds of things. Now, you've talked about the... Um like the great aunt who plants a, a dogwood in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, right. Like that's that's exactly. the wrong tree for the wrong place, but it's the right objective. Yeah. That person
person prioritize the objective over the place and tree. Yes. So if you are in a place like Tucson, Arizona, your palette is much smaller because mm-hmm. you just don't have, you know, too many options that can deal with such extreme conditions. Right. Whereas up here in Portland, your conditions are spectacular. You can plant almost any tree you can choose from. So you just need to make sure it's not going to grow too tall into the power lines. Right. Then I also add in for those of you who are urban forestry minded people or arborists, right objective includes if that is a tree that you're planting for stormwater interception, for mm. pollution interception, for shading, all these kinds of things. Economic. Uh, Ecosystem services. Fuck. Yeah. You that's what got I was it. To okay. I was like, what is he saying right now? Ecosystem mm. services. Yes. So that, that comes with your objective because there's two different kinds or sides of the objective. There's kind of the aesthetic objective, but then there's also the uh, kind of infrastructure objective. Sure. So I guess it, it, I guess it depends on, well, that depends on place. It does. It depends on place. And like, you know, uh, I guess if you're like a landscape arborist. Yeah. As opposed to just like a citizen. Right. And see, that would be the thing is that the landscape arborist should be able to look at the site and say, okay, I know what trees will be good here. Here are your choices. And if the client says, oh, I want to plant a cherry, you can say, ooh, you probably shouldn't do that. This is a very shady spot. It's also very dry. Your cherry's going to die. Yeah. If the client continually says, yeah, give me a cherry, great, sell them a cherry, do your job, and then call it good. Right. But the the appropriate thing is to have a conversation and say, here's here's the best tree for this situation, or here's the best trees to choose from. That way the tree's going to survive, it's going to do the thing that they want, everyone's happy. And then give them... Uh in, in their written quote, say that you tried to talk them out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I tried to say no, but whatever. <laughs> so, coming back to our Coletaria paniculata. Yes. This tree, I find to be the right tree for the right space. Specifically, these ones that I'm thinking of down in uh, Selwood, because there are overhead power lines that are growing. But there's a big, wide space. Yes. So, you can plant a big tree but you can't plant a big, tall tree. Right. So it also is a beautiful tree. It's probably not the right tree for stormwater interception because it is a deciduous tree. So when he, we here in Oregon get most of our rain, its leaves are gone. It's not doing a whole lot. Oh, okay. But it'll shade your street and it'll do pollution absorption for the entire summertime. So it's two out of three. It's pretty good. Those are great shade trees they're great shade trees because they grow up and then they grow out yeah they're fairly strong wooded trees i've heard they're a little bit brittle if you really try to use them for something Mm. but just growing up and living i don't think i've seen any i've never dealt with any in terms of like emergency response where they've broken off or something like that Mm. so they're good solid trees they take almost every condition you can imagine salt spray they take um drought conditions they take um, intense clay soil like they grow in the roughest places perfect for a planter strip they only get 35 or 40 feet tall perfect to have underneath power lines yeah they grow outward so they shade your sidewalk they shade your cars they shade your roads they have beautiful flowers they come out in the spring with this beautiful red foliage wow. they have yellow striking fall foliage He's in the fall up. time 
Oh my God. <laughs> they are just, and then in the winter, they have this gorgeous architecture with these beautiful fruit kind of still hanging on. They kind of fall off over the course of the, mm. the winter time. They're just spectacular trees. And whenever anyone has a big strip, but there's this, you know, awful power lines, which should be underground out of the way, no matter what, but we don't do that yet because of dumb reasons. Well, there's still an option for you. Yeah. So there's always a good option to be planted in almost every situation. You just have to take the patience to talk to someone who knows what those options are. And most of the time you can get an option that'll check every box you want. Yeah. And that's the, that's the, the key, I think. It seems like it just takes a little patience and work and forethought. Exactly. That's, that's all it takes. Yeah. And you have to sometimes say to yourself, ah, this is not the right place for a cherry. Yeah. This is not the right place for a Douglas fir. It's not the right place for a ponderosa pine. I must plant a smaller growing tree. Casey, keep this energy. This is very good. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to jump right into our review of the Golden Rain Tree. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Casey... That was our discussion of the golden rain tree. Uh, I can't. I don't have it. Can I get you a pina colada? Something pina colada. <laughs> and it is now time for our golden cone score. Yes, huh. two yes. kinds of gold in this. There's episode. a lot of gold. Interesting. Very curious. Very curious. <laughs> we, we're not going anywhere with that. But nope. still, here's how it works. We're gonna get some final thoughts on this tree, then give it a rating of zero to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey as a resident expert and as a very passionate man about this tree, we will begin with you. I appreciate the opportunity. So our golden rain tree is a spectacular specimen tree. In my opinion, there are many people who are probably pulling their hair out right now because this is an invasive tree in places like Southern Florida. Ah. So, to pin it all off before I give it this rating, I want to say I acknowledge sometimes trees are invasive in certain areas. What do we do to avoid this? Don't plant them. We ask ourselves, is this the right tree for the right place? I see. You say, no, this is not the right tree for Southern Florida because it's an invasive horde and I hate it. So, the, the mantra, right tree, right place, right objective, that is the the best and most fundamental way you can approach anything. I'm going to take that into my review and say, we are talking, me, I'm talking, specifically, Ecolutaria paniculata in Portland, Oregon, underneath power lines, yeah. in a large planter strip that I want to have a beautiful flowering tree in eh, early summertime. And I also want it to be quite shaggily handsome in the <laughs> fall time. And I'm going to give this an 8.8 .8 trees, golden trees, golden rain trees of honor. Did I get that right, Alex? <laughs> I don't know. 8.8. 8.8. 8. A very good score, Casey. Yeah, and I have to say, that's probably way above what it should be, but every time hey. I see this tree, I'm just like, you're doing it just right. Yeah, man. I have yet to see one. I'm sorry, I have not spent a lot of time in Southern Florida, but I have yet to see one that I'm just like, ooh, not... 
not what I want to see. It's like that. It's like that NBA forward who just keeps hitting threes, and you're like, how do they fucking do it? They just keep doing it, and I just keep loving it. I just keep loving it. Forward is a basketball position, right? Yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Okay, like yeah. Damian Lillard is a forward. I think so. Okay, yeah. they're like the yeah. person who takes the ball from one end of the court to the other and like begins the play on their side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the quarterback okay. of it. Okay, yeah. yeah that's I, right. I don't want that to confuse you, Alex. No, I think I, I understand it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go eight point eight. Eight point eight. Very good. Um, I I love those trees over in Selwood that are growing over that street because that street is so comfortable. You know yeah. why? Because it's covered in shade, and that's what we need more of. And that is the thing. Yeah. And any tree that can provide that in LA that really, I feel like that's the, that's like S-tier LA ship, is like, if it can grow out over the road. You S-tier? What? <laughs> you know S-tier. No. Okay. In Japanese video games. Okay. It's like if you complete a level and you did really, really good, you get you get ranked, right? There's like D tier, C tier, B tier, A tier. Okay. okay. And then above that is S tier, really? which comes from Japanese schools. Like an A plus in Japan is an S. Oh. And I think it stands for like super or something. Huh. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. So anytime I say S tier, I just mean like top of the top. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, I see. And a lay... That grows out over the road. Yes. I consider an S tier allay. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just like, you know, Italian cypress along a countryside mm, road. It's mm-hmm. like, that doesn't do much for me besides yeah. it looks kind of cool. But it looks kind of cool, but no. Give me an American elm on each side that's like covering the street. Yeah. Um, gosh, I love its leaves. I love that it's sometimes bipinately compound, sometimes pinately compound. Whatever it's feeling. I love the color, that rich yellow. I love the little lanterns. Those are so cool and curious. Yeah. I'm going to give this thing an 8.5, Casey. 8.5. 8.5 Golden Cones of Honor. Sometimes it's the little trees that just know what they're doing. That's right. It's amazing. Dripping in golden rain. Dripping in golden <laughs> rain. Everyone, go out and find them right now. Uh-huh. If you're in Florida, kill it when you find it. Wow. Yeah. So. Hey, go pee on a golden rain tree for us. Give it a golden shower. <laughs> that was our review of the golden rain tree. We hope you liked it. Casey, it's time for a game. Hey. Oh, what? That's right. I didn't know there was a game today. Yeah, there sure is, pal. Let's do it. And this one is a classic that we love and hold dear. This is The Family Tree. All right. No theme song this time. I'm just not feeling it. You're going to have to play it in somehow. You can't, <sighs> okay. you can't just not. <laughs> It's a common condition in this day and age For Casey and Alex to anthropomorphize a tree Is it Zeus of Olympus or Saruman? Some people say it's even Admiral Thrawn Deep cut You know there must be some kind of rules For this stupid game But all we can see is an opportunity For a segment on completely arbitrary Jean-Luc Picard is an elm of some kind And the kid from Up is a ponderosa pine There's 
room for use Mahogany's There's room for the host to disagree It's a podcast game called The Family Tree Well, Casey, this is a very special edition of Family Tree. What do we got, Alex? Because this week... Well, let me just introduce the game for those who don't know. All right. In this game, we take some cast of characters from some canon or other. Mm -hmm. A group, an ensemble, if you will. I will. We then assign each of them a tree based on their personality, physical appearance, etc. Yes. Casey, this week, we will be assigning trees... To the toys from Toy Story. From Toy Story? Yeah. Alex, which one? I'm very excited. Several. The, f- the first one? The yes. second one? Toy the Story third, one. The fourth? The fifth? The OG, Toy Story. Okay. Thank God, because I think I've only seen the first two. You, what? I think that's The it. third one is the best one. It is the- Isn't that when he goes to college? Yeah. Uh, it's very sad. Gets a girlfriend. Well, he at the end of the... I don't want to spoil anything. Okay, yeah, I don't Go know. Go watch that. Toy Story 3, come back, we'll Jesus. play the game. Okay, fine. Let's start with... Hmm, who should we start with here? How about, Casey, let's start with the nervous Nelly of the group, Rex. Rex, oh, I Rex, like Rex. Rex is a, bit, a gentle giant, you know? Yeah. He's a T-Rex toy, but he is very uh, skittish and nervous and gentle and kind. Very ironic. Yes, right. His whole per- his whole identity is ironic. Um, and he, uh, yeah, he's he's uh, he really cares about everyone. Yeah. And um, he's just a sweetheart, but he has the physical appearance of a monster. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like there's a lot to work with there. There he's, is a lot to work with, and he's green like yeah, a tree. Yeah. He's green like a tree. So I'm thinking of a big. I'm thinking of a big, scary looking tree. Maybe something with scale length needles because he's a dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. But it's not like. But isn't that scary? Once you get once you get to know him a little bit, yeah. Like, oh, you touch it nice. and you're like, oh, this is nice. Hmm. I'm thinking a conifer. Yeah, I think a conifer. They're the ones that have most conifer or most needle scale like leaves. My God. Yeah. But then, so the one I'm thinking, but Ooh. I go, you go, skip straight ahead. Something ancient, okay. a living fossil, because he's a dinosaur. Oh wow, yeah. Maybe honestly, I was thinking of, of a uh, the scariest of them all, the monkey puzzle, <gasps> the pay win. Wow. Because it's big, it's scary. It's got these giant scales. It looks like it's going to poke the heck out of you. Right. And it will, but it's also a very sweet tree that grows up and it's just beautiful. It's yeah. got big curvy tails. Uh-huh. Very susical. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't, you know, and, you know it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt you if you just go up next to it. I love that answer, Casey. Okay, monkey puzzle. Monkey puzzle. Rex is a monkey puzzle. Monkey puzzle, pay win for Rex the dinosaur. That's right. Excellent, Alex. Casey. Wow, okay, that's good. Next. (laughs) I'm feeling good. I'm feeling ready. All right. Here we go. We have the token female. Okay. This is Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Bo Peep. Bo... Her person, it's unfortunate. Her personality is just being in love with Woody. Oh, and she's sort of like the damsel in distress. I see. You know? Yeah, she's doing, she's like the, she's, she's got the sheep herding, um, cane. Yes, she's a shepherd. She has okay. her, her sheep. She is a lamp. She's a lamp. I think she's like a little, like a little figure that comes on a, on a lamp. 
I oh, believe. Yes, I see. She's like a I part see. of a Bo Peep lamp. Yeah. Um, I will say in Toy Story, I think four, Bo Peep is like a martial artist. She's oh. like really badass. They really, they really make her. Uh, she's been doing like Tai Chi, you know, yeah, like she, working on all these things. Right. And she's okay. like the hero of Toy Story four. Yeah, so right. I don't want to say that she's a, just a damsel in distress. I'm talking about specifically the first movie. I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember if she does anything heroic or if she's just kind of a, she's kind of a minor character, but yeah. Oh my gosh. In, um, in Toy Story four, she looks quite different yes she looks like ray from star wars she's like yeah a, yeah, yeah yeah she's a badass okay all right so i'm thinking something that that is uh that animals like that that are you know animals are, are drawn to that are yeah. comfortable around yeah but also if you get too close we'll whap you you know or get you somehow sure so the first thing that i was oh. thinking is like a, a mesquite or a um some kind of uh acacia tree hmm. down in um arid areas where goats often like to hang out in and on and around okay because they're comfortable with it because sheep i always think of as being in in like you know big open corrals or just just on the side of a hillside you know oh, grass sure. where there's no trees and goats are tend they tend to be in trees and acacias have those thorns they look yeah. beautiful from afar but then when you get close, if you get a little too close, it's a pow. It's stick you. Interesting. But I don't know. What do you what do you think? Well, I'm gonna go with a uh, a willow of some kind, maybe a, a black willow. willow. Yeah, yeah. And I am going to say that this is a willow on the side of a pasture okay. by a, like a, like by a river. Okay. Kind of with its with its roots in the water. Yeah. And it's sort of acting as a hedge, um, right? For the for this mm-hmm. for this pasture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, a tree called the peach leaf willow. That might be perfect. Yeah, like it just, I don't know why I think of peach, uh, but there is, I feel like I th- I'm thinking of uh, the Mario character. Princess Peach, peach yeah. yeah. This is a very uh, a very peach look to her, especially yeah. the older movies, like this pink dress kind yes, of thing. Yes, totally. Well, can we go with the peach flower willow? Let's, let's go with peach, uh, yeah, the peach, le- peach, peach leaf, leaf willow. Yeah, yeah, which I believe, ironically, is um, Salix amygdaloides which means it's actually the peach leaf willow is a common name but the scientific name means that it's the almond like almond leaf like willow interesting yes very confusing both droops they are both droops they are both actually in the genus prunus so it makes some kind of sense but not not enough but salix is the the willow yes we're we're salix amygdaloides this is like a this is like a prunus like Salix. Yeah, yeah, yes, it's a prunus-like salix that's called a different kind of prunus. Weird. Yeah, everything's confusing. Don't listen to <laughs> anything other than us. Casey, let's move on. Hi, Bo Peep. Bye, Bo Peep. Hi, Bo Peep. Bye, Bo Peep. Let's talk about the spaceman. Yes. Buzz oh, Aldrin. I thought you were talking about the... Uh, uh, the oh, little, the, the little guys. Yeah, the little let's talk about the spaceman, the little guys that honor the claw. <laughs> the claw. <laughs> you know what? Can we? I, I just real quick as a side note. Yeah, please. I choose the radiata pine as the 
as the space uh, little space guys. <laughs> All right. Because they're always jammed in tight inside their little corral. Mm. They're growing up and the claw, they look up and they honor the claw because it's actually just a chainsaw machine that just comes and cuts them all down and takes them out and then replants and then they grow up and they're like, right. we're back. They don't know they're on a plantation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So they think they're they think they're uh, in the forest. Yes. So that's it. As a, as a as a quick uh, as a quiz, just a little bonus there. I love that. All right, perfect. Uh, let's talk about Buzz Lightyear, All Casey. Right, Buzz. Um, Buzz Lightyear is cocky and brash. Yeah. And adventuresome. Okay. Um, he has his role in the first movie is sort of the new kid on the block that everybody yeah. loves, right? Mm-hmm. Takes all the attention away from our from the from the next character we'll do. Yes. Um, so I I might I might have an idea. What do you got? I want to say Wolamai Pine. Wolamai Pine, new kid on the block. This new discovery. Yeah. Right? Okay. And and in this instance, Woody would be uh the Don Redwood. Oh, I right? see. Okay. Or maybe opposite. I don't know. Ooh, there's but, something there for me, but okay. I, I, but also aesthetically, it doesn't really, doesn't really, it doesn't work. really match up there. Yeah, no. But I like this kind of new kid on the block arrogance kind of thing, like a tree that just grows. Yeah, yeah. That everyone loves. He's also completely deluded. Yeah, you know? he thinks he is real. Yeah, he doesn't know he's a toy. I I want to go with uh, the Leland Cypress. Wow, this is what I think of. Okay, because it's a it's a tree that is a hybrid, so it grows with an intense amount of vigor, and we plant it, and it just grows everywhere really fast, and everyone thinks they love it. But it grows so fast that you, it gets out of control. Wow. So I, I kind of see it as being, it's a new kid on the block. Everyone plants it kind of everywhere. It's the new age kind of uh, arborvita. Wow. And you plant it. It's great. And you're like, oh, cool. There's this new there's this new plant. And it's, it's adventuresome because it grows all over the place very quickly. Hmm. I was also thinking of the tree of heaven, a very adventuresome tree that likes to grow anywhere. I don't want to associate Buzz with Tree of Heaven. Yeah, you don't? Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe something like the mangrove. Like, I'm kind of thinking of a tree that, Ooh. like, like goes everywhere. Mango, you know? Mangrove is pretty good. Yeah, I would say an aspen, but it doesn't really feel, aspen doesn't feel right. No. I was also thinking madrone. Yeah, see, I was thinking uh, madrone for, for Woody, uh, but... I also like Madrone as well. They're very adventuresome. They grow out on the side of rocks. Right. You know, they're always constantly there, but I don't have a big arrogance kind of feel. What was the first one? Uh, that right. I said? Yeah. Uh, the one that... Leland Cypress. Leland Cypress. Let's yeah. go with that one. That sounds good. All right, Leland Cypress. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. And it's purple and green. Yeah, it's definitely purple and green. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> he has the Joker colors, I just realized. Those are the Joker colors, purple and green. Oh, yeah. I think they are... Um, uh, complementary colors on the on the scale of yeah, color. That's right. Which means they go well together, but they're also opposites. True that. Casey, let's talk about our last character here. Yep. The man himself. Woody's Roundup. Come on, it's time to play. Boom, 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 boom. Woody's Roundup. I love that song from Toy Story 2. I think it's really nice. You remember that? No, I don't. Woody finds out that he's like a character from a a TV show from the 50s. Oh, yeah. And there's this theme song. It's like this this, uh, children's show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a marionette. That is so funny. I love that premise. You do. Um, I I happen to know that you do love the, the Toy Stories very specifically. I do love the Toy Stories, yeah. 
I remember one time, I think you cried. You're like, Toy Story 3 or Toy Story something's coming out. We got to go see it. And like, it just, you you are so emotionally. In fact, a lot of all the Pixar movies you used to love. Yeah, I used to want to work yeah, for Pixar. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, never, I never knew how, um, how much a movie could just like emotionally affect an adult. Yeah. Until I, I was, I experienced a, a Pixar movie with you and I was like, okay, there's something to these. Oh my God. Oh, just so touching. They really are. They, I mean, they, it's, it's like, it's like almost scientifically designed to make you feel something. Yeah. But they're, they're very good at it. Yeah. Um, Casey, let's talk about Woody. Okay. The cowboy. Ponderous pun. He has a, sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, he's got a snake in his boot. What else? He's a sheriff. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a snake in his boot. <laughs> oh, have we talked about my shirt? My shirt idea with Woody and it says a cab because he's a sheriff. Oh, no. <laughs> in like Toy Story font, ACAB. Uh, that would be so funny. It probably exists. It probably does. But yeah. honestly, we can do it ourselves anyway. Why not? That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> he, he has his position in the first movie is he is the sort of leader of the toys, yeah. right? He's, yeah. the, he's the mayor in, yeah. in, in, in a way. He's when like a sheriff was also a mayor. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're just leaders of everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're just yeah. in charge, I yeah. guess. But it was always, uh, whenever I think of sheriff, I always think Old West, which of course is, you know, he's a cowboy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, why do you say that? Well, because there are sheriffs in like big cities. Like there's a sheriff for every oh. county in the entire United States. Yeah. But I don't think, when I think sheriff, I don't think of gangs of New York, you know? It, totally. You think of constables. Yes, exactly. I, exactly. <laughs> I think of sheriff. It, it, you're outside with that golden star, uh-huh. copper star, whatever. That's sheriff. what I think. Yep. Yeah. So Woody's the sheriff. Okay. He, in the first, so he's the leader, but he's all, then the new, the new guy comes in, everybody loves him. Yeah. Woody feels like he's being forgotten. Being pushed aside a little bit. Which kind of mirrors his relationship with Andy, who sort of forgets him and is really into this new toy and all the memorabilia on Andy's walls. Remember this part? Yeah. Like all, it all changes to Buzz Lightyear stuff. Yeah. I do remember that. Like as a kid, you're like really into Ninja Turtles. You have Ninja Turtles everything. Yeah. And then you discover Power Rangers. And then you become a Power Ranger kid. Right. And you just have like everything you own is Power Rangers themed. Yeah. Uh, Ponderosa Pine, right? Yeah. He's a cowboy. It just feels, it just feels apt. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was Family Tree. Oh, Toy that was, Story Edition. That was fun, Alex. You know what, Casey? It's true what they say. You've got a friend in tree. Thank you, Alex. All right, Casey, it's time for a completely arbitrary Q and A. All righty. This week's question is from longtime fan Megan Vaughn. Megan asks, Alex, thank you for all the beautiful music you've produced lately. Oh, that's why you like this question so much. Uh, No. (laughs) I was wondering if you wrote a song about your friendship with Casey but used tree analogies what would you use and why? Oh, that's a good one. Lots of love to you both. Thanks, Megan. Thank you, Megan. Casey, what do you think? Tree analogies that represent our friendship. I think it would be, it would have to be something that grows and develops over time. Mm-hmm. It gets stronger, but it has it has weak points where we lost contact. Yeah. I think it would also be a, uh, a tree that helps, helps uh, both of its sides, helps itself. It can't just be a tree that does it all by itself. It has to be a tree that that works with another thing, another tree. So maybe it's just the same tree. There's just two of them. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I'm I'm trying to. Th- I guess I hate to distill our friendship into 
the creation of the podcast. Mm, okay, but yeah. since we're on the podcast, maybe yeah. I'll go that direction. It might be a good place to, to do. To sure. Focus. So you are a very, uh, uh, you are a f- Font of knowledge. Wow. Fount? Font? I don't know. Fountain? Yeah, I would think fount. You're, a, f- a font of knowledge makes me think that it's like, uh, you know, Times New Roman. Okay, well. You know. If anything, you're, uh, um, you're a Bakersville. A Bakersville? Yeah. I don't even know what that is. Bakersville. Bakersville. Just a nice, nice serif font. Let me check this out. <laughs> I'm Helvetica New, baby. What? Yeah, sorry. You, you have all this tree knowledge, and you asked me to help create this, like to ex- how to express it in a modern way. So I'm wondering if there's something there where, like, an old kind of timeless tree, yeah, that found new life with some relationship that it formed interesting like a reverse osage orange you know yeah i see i see you know the first thing i think of is like a a a western red cedar that has another tree growing in it or on it or something like like that a a hemlock yeah or like a, a hemlock and a western red cedar grow together somehow yeah like the the one is growing yeah i don't want this metaphor please don't look too far into it but often it's the red cedar that grows and a hemlock grows onto it or like seeds into some spot and then sends its roots down and around it right because you've said before uh you 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 see me as writing your coattails i i do i i've said that multiple times where i'm yeah. like alex i feel like i'm wearing a backpack yeah with you on it i'm the barnacle on the belly of your success <laughs> that's why it's so itchy right there oh my god <laughs> this whole time got an alex problem if you know <laughs> what i mean uh I, yeah i don't know that's a that's a good question i i think that um yeah what two trees are like working together i mean there's like what about like um what if i'm the i'm the mycelia i help you communicate and you are the raw ah, power you know i love that okay what if i'm the home oak and you are the uh the the truffle i'd love that growing underneath it so you're also very tasty yes thank and you also you. you cause a dead zone to make sure nothing else comes <laughs> and fucks with me i'm your security <laughs> detail yeah security detail communication and yeah you also help give me nutrients. That's it, man. <laughs> and all I do is just grow up and be like, what's going on down there? <laughs> yeah, everything's cool. Must be. Everything's fine, Mr. Clap. Are you having a nice Sunday? <laughs> I am. Thank you, Truffle Alex. <laughs> this was great. It's just a bunch of dead deer around you. <laughs> I think that's it, Case. All right, let's do that. Yeah, it's the, sounds the good. story of Home Oak and Truffle. If you have a question for us, join the Patreon. Patreon.com slash ArbitraryPod. That's A-R-B-O-R-T-R-E. A R Y pod dot com. <laughs> if you have a question for us, join that Q and A. That's Quercus and Alder tier for three bucks a month. That's where we just got Megan's question. That's right. For five dollars a month to support the the podcast, you get two bonus episodes and to be part of the Q and A every month. And for ten dollars, it's our flagship tier, the Cone of the Month Club. Every month, we get an independent artist to illustrate a conifer cone, different species every month, different art style every month, and then we get it printed at, on stickers at Sticker Ninja in Portland, and we ship them all over this damn world of ours, Casey. That's right. Someone commented recently that they weren't sure that we ship to Canada. We do. Oh, yes. We have many Canadian patrons. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Above that is Arbitrary Plus, our live stream tier. Every month you get two live streams. One is with Casey and I, where we do all sorts of things. And we're kind of like 
as of last live stream, we are sort of um, reimagining what we can do with those live streams, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah it's very, it, very fun. It was very interactive and it, it, gave, it gave the patrons agency in the podcast, which yes. I thought was pretty cool. Yes. Some of the things that those folks used or said or responded to, we are going to actively be using here in the next couple of weeks. That's right. On the show. Just like our excellent adventure series. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they helped choose some of the trees that we chose. That's right. Exactly right. Uh, and then one of those live streams is just me, although we've talked about getting Casey to, to join on one of these as well, mm-hmm. playing a tree or nature-themed video game, Twitch-style, just a nice little game game stream. That's right. Uh, above that is the most generous of admissions, $20 a month. It starts at 20 You can give what you want. If you really want to go above and beyond to support this podcast, if you really love what Casey and I are doing, hey, we'll take we'll take anything and we'll take nothing. If you just want to listen to the show for free, it's perfect. That's also great. We love all of our patrons and all of our fungal associates all over the world. Casey Clap, Alex Croson. Thank you for sitting down for this golden rain tree discussion. Oh, you are so welcome. I'll see you next week when our hue changes just the slightest. Very interesting. Yeah, it's going to get a little more yellow. Oh, I like the sounds of that. Huh, me too. More yellow than the golden rain tree. More yellow than the golden rain tree. All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, I noticed you put rain and tree together just then. Rain tree. for golden rain. <laughs> tree. Thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 